Hello everyone, this is Alexandra Perry and you're listening to Investing After Hours, a Wealth Daily Podcast. Today, Luke Burgess has joined me. Hello Luke, how are you? Hi, how are you? Good. So you are a resource and gold expert when it comes to investing. I am, yes. Uh, I've been investing in gold, uh, precious metals, natural resources for almost 15 years now. So how did you get started on that? Because I feel like it's not something the the, the modern-day investor thinks too much about when they're just starting. Well, I think my interest in gold goes all the way back to middle school. Um, in seventh grade, in social studies, we had a uh, project in which we paper-traded stocks. And I remember there were three um, main investments that I made. Uh, the first one was Coca-Cola, the second one was Playboy, and the third one was gold. Which, that makes a lot of sense for like a, a seventh grader uh, investing because number one, who doesn't love Coca-Cola? Who doesn't love Playboy? But um, <laughs> my, my interest in gold, I, I don't know where I really um, picked that up other than on probably uh, through coin collecting. I was interested in coins and uh, gold coins were sort of like uh, the premier collectibles, although I couldn't afford them at the time. Uh, so I'd say my interest in gold really goes back uh, pretty far. Uh, but as an investor, I became uh, interested in uh, gold's monetary uh, value uh, following the 1997 financial crisis, as well as uh, 9-11. Uh, those two events really uh, led me into like serious gold investing. It's interesting that you mentioned 9-11, because I feel like when you talk about trends in gold, you see other investors, like you're not alone in that. Um, experience where people experience these catastrophes, um, these global disasters, these natural disasters even, and um, or big political moves, and they turn to gold as an investment over stocks and bonds and something that's a little bit less stable or more easily manipulated. So do you think that's just part of gold investing? Well, I think that um, investors definitely come to gold through fear. Um, so I, I recently wrote an article uh, called The Gold Investor's Journey, in which I describe um, a, a rounding journey that every gold investor makes uh, that starts with fear, uh, moves to fundamentals, investing in fundamentals, and then ends back up in fear. I'm going to stop you. What does it mean, investing in fundamentals? Like, are you trying to find a rationale behind why you're investing in gold? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, uh, gold is money. Uh, there is no doubt about that. Um, <clears throat> but uh, like I said, people begin with investing in gold because of a fear of crisis, like you said, whether that's political, social, uh, or economic. Um, but then they begin to learn more about uh, the fundamentals of gold, which are uh, gold's monetary value. And then they begin investing in uh gold because of its monetary value. But eventually, I think that they learn that uh, fear is always a bigger catalyst than any fundamentals, and uh, then go right back to investing in gold for fear. Um, there's a psychological phenomenon known as the narrative paradigm uh, that says human beings are more motivated by a good story than a good argument. And I think that the story of fear um, is always going to be a bigger catalyst than a logical argument for why gold is money. So I guess if you were to actually experience, I think about stories, I think about the stories, like the role that stories play in anything, like even politics. Like 
I think people are more likely to believe uh, a story than facts. We see that time and time again. But the um, because gold, if you know, we were to go through a massive, catastrophic, like global market crash, would gold actually protect you? It maintains value, but it also kind of begs the question: Would you be able to transfer it back to monetary value? It just well, kind of goes back to that more. I guess, primitive currency. Yeah. Um, well, no, gold will not protect you in a sense that you cannot physically protect yourself with it. You can't live on top of it. You can't grow food on it. You can't reproduce with it. But what you can do is uh, trade that uh, gold for those things. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> the, the fact is that human beings need a form of labor storage. And Gold's natural properties uh, fulfills that need perfectly. Um, and that's why gold is money, basically. And that, that uh, gold's natural properties um, are not going to change. Uh, the properties of fiat currencies or something like digital currencies always have opportunity change. Um, but gold is constant. That's why I was interested, because I remember, I think I was in middle school, and there's a book, uh, it's a children's fantasy series called Artemis Fowl, and <laughs> when I was a kid, it was my first exposure to gold, because they said, oh, you know, the the, uh, the premise of the story is that he wants gold because gold is the only stable currency, and in my mind, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me, because how does one assign value to gold? But it's also a much older currency, um, it doesn't go below a certain value, does it? No, no. So, yeah, gold will never be worth zero dollars. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and like I said, it's it's because human beings need a, a store of, um, they need a way to store their, their labor mm-hmm. and exchange that labor. Um, if you and I were farmers and you were farming corn and I was farming wheat, um, we would need a way to preserve our corn and wheat. We couldn't leave it out outside. Uh, we would need silos. Um Gold is essentially the silo that stores uh, our labor. Actually, a silo is not a perfect uh, analogy for gold um, because we couldn't trade our silos, but um, it's essentially it's the point. <laughs> it's a pretty good analogy. I think that's just like the one thing that's hard to wrap around, especially as we move away from tangible currencies. But like, I look at my credit card. My credit card has no value. Like, this slip of plastic represents my entire savings, but at the same time, it's just a slip of plastic. So as we move away and we move into digital currencies, um, it's interesting to see like something tangible still hold that value. Um, I know that a lot of what I've been talking about, because I've been doing a lot of work with Bitcoin lately, is that the gold standard kind of kept us from financial woes, and then we've been riding these markets fluctuations since then. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. You know, what's interesting uh, about Bitcoin is you actually mentioned that uh, Bitcoin, they, they, it's called the new gold. Mm-hmm. That's actually, it, in, a, in a way, that's true. Um, and it has to do with, and I'm going to, I'm getting to your question. Um, it has to do with the, um, uh, who creates the money. Mm-hmm. There are, there's only two entities that can possibly create the money. Um, there's the, the government and, or a private individual. Um, government money is uh, the fiat currencies that we know today, the U.S. dollar, euro, yen, or, uh, the others. Um, the decentralized currencies are Bitcoin, but also gold is uh, sort of a decentralized currency because it's not created by anyone. It's produced, but it's not created. Um, 
And uh, a lot of the uh, theoretical roots for Bitcoin and other digital currencies um, lies in, in, in the um, energy it takes uh, to produce Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And gold is the same way. It takes energy, it takes time, money uh, to go dig gold out of the ground. Well, that's the thing about paper currency. It fluctuates um, because we can produce it so easily and quickly. And then um, paper doesn't last forever. So, you know, we're producing more to meet needs. We're exceeding what we need. Um, I explain to people a lot that Bitcoin is finite. Like, you know, you can only have a certain amount because it's controlled by a digital algorithm, just like gold. But gold isn't controlled by an algorithm. It's controlled by how much we can actually get out of the ground. But both currencies, you could go to any country, I'd say, that's engaging in global trade. Gold holds value in almost every country that's practicing global currency trade. Yeah, actually, I don't think that there's a country in the world that you could go to um, and people don't know what gold is. Um, that's kind of the appeal of it is that it's sort of a sort of a global currency or a universal currency of sorts. I actually, I think it's a, a better described as a universal currency because uh, what, what gold is, is it's a, it's a single element. It's, it's one of the elements that make up everything that we see around us. Um, it's just in its pure form, it serves perfectly as a form of money for human beings. So kind of going back, like when you talk about like you could take gold and trade anywhere, I think that's why people buy it when they're scared too, is because it makes them feel like, you know, if something were to happen internally within the United States borders, or I mean, anybody in the world can buy gold when reacting to fear. But just for our example, like if you experienced a catastrophic event in the United States and you had gold and you needed to trade, and communicate or say you needed to buy passage to a different place, gold would be the best option because if the United States currency fails, gold is going to have value in other locations. Exactly. Exactly. People are going to want to um, provide uh, goods or services for gold more than they're going to want to provide goods or services uh, for the U.S. dollar in the event of this hypothetical catastrophe. Yeah. So do you think that's a unique thing to gold, that emotion? I know like stocks it will go up and down with emotion as well, but do you find when you watch the gold markets that it's very susceptible to human emotion? I do. Uh, I don't think it's unique. It's absolutely not unique to um, the gold market uh, that it reacts on emotion. All stock markets react on emotion, uh, um, not logic. But I think uh, in gold market, the gold market in particular um, reacts even more so uh, to emotion. Can you think of particular events where you see major surges in gold? Well, I mean, 9-11 was, uh, was definitely a, a major event uh, that moved gold prices in history. Now, uh, recently, um, there is debate over whether terrorist attacks uh, move gold prices. And it is absolutely evident that um, smaller attacks have no effect on gold prices. Um, but I think it depends on where the attack is um, and obviously the, the scale of the attack. Um, we have a, we've had a lot of attacks in uh, France recently, and for some reason uh, those attacks do nothing to the price of gold. Um, I don't know if it's a, a matter of people are used to the attacks. Um, I don't know. If, I don't want to say that they're you know, they're, they're not afraid of terrorism. They're desensitized a little bit. They, they could be. Well, I, I think at first, when we first started having all these terrorist attacks, the big fear was, oh, this is going to happen to me. But now that it's happening, like in different places, people are thinking, oh, you know what? Actually, the world is a lot bigger than I considered at mm-hmm. first. And there's a million other places that could get attacked other than like my backyard. 
Um, but yeah, I could, it could, they could be desensitized a little bit. I always wonder, like, I think a big one would be war. I wonder if people are more likely to invest in gold when they see potential threats from abroad or when we're interacting with, like, foreign powers. Because then, all of a sudden, the United States is in a position where we're spending money outside of our borders. And we wonder about, like, if we're going to be producing more currency to fund this kind of efforts. You know, there's really no good uh, precedent to judge whether gold is or war is a good catalyst for gold. Um, you have to remember that gold has only been legal uh, for Americans to own since 1975. Um, since that time, we've had uh, several um, conflicts, including the, the, the Gulf War and the involvement in ISIS, but nothing like Vietnam War, nothing like uh, Korean War, nothing like World War II that we could say, oh, you know, during World War II, gold prices did this. I hesitate to say war, but we are currently having a lot of internal conflicts with different countries. Like, we are talking to, like, what is our relationship with Russia? What is our relationship to North Korea? What are those relationships going to come under Trump's presidency? And I'm, I'm not of a strong opinion that North Korea is a threat, but I know there's a lot of people that are. So I wonder if that will impact gold prices. Like, we'll see people start to store up because there's a fear that the United States is going to go to war, and that's how they're going to protect themselves if we lose. Yes. No, I, I don't see North Korea as a major threat either. Um, but I do think that people are going to uh, buy gold in the event that the United States does uh, engage in uh, military conflict with uh, North Korea. Um, but like I said, there's really no good precedent, and there's really... Honestly, there's really no good reason for gold prices to go up during times of military conflict. Um, throughout history, the, the, the economy balloons during wartime. Um, gold is a hedge against the other money, basically. Okay. But uh, actually, there's, like I said, there's really no good explanation, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Um, like I said, the markets are not logical, they're emotional. Um, they're very fickle, actually, as well. I feel like it's a very emotional time for the United States. That's why I'm curious to see what people do, especially because, at least in my lifetime, I've seen a resurgence of libertarian ideals. Like, I don't remember people having bug out. Like, it's fairly normal now for me to encounter somebody that's, just, like, I would consider a normal functioning member of society, a corporate desk job person that has health care and all these other, you know, it's pretty established and they will have bug out plans. Like they will have a way to make sure that they are protected in the case of a national disaster. So I'm wondering if that will influence gold prices and have more people buying gold just because this is the first time that I witnessed a generation, both millennials and older people trying to take their, like protect themselves. Um, especially with question, doubts about Social Security. I've even heard of some people that are like starting to store gold because they, don't, they know there won't be Social Security down the line for them. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, I actually speculate that the gold market is changing a little bit. Um, and it has everything to do with politics. Um, the conservatives are acting like the liberals and the liberals are acting like the conservatives. I actually think that the uh, liberal Democrats are going to be uh, major gold buyers um, in the next couple months. Um, in fact, I know uh, some of the most liberal people I know have told me, dude, you know, I I've never thought that I'd be buying gold, but now I want to buy gold. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I think that um, there are new people coming to the market, and it has a lot to do with politics. Did that answer the question? It does. It does. <laughs> I think, like, I'm curious because I, I don't own gold, actually. I don't own any gold outside of a coin that I got once from a place that I worked. They gave us a gold coin as a as a um, year gift. But, the, um, but, like, I cannot imagine a point where Americans legally won't be able to own gold again. I think that it's, they're going to keep buying because it's just – it's the currency that's going to stay tangible and long-term. Well, I don't think gold will ever be made illegal again in the United States. What prompted that, real fast? Um, A lot. (laughs) Essentially... (laughs) A different podcast? Yeah, a different podcast. But essentially, the Federal Reserve uh, had a liquidity problem. And the problem is, when you're gold standard, you have X amount of gold. You can only print X amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. Well, they can't go out and mine a bunch of new gold to print a bunch of new dollars. So what they did was, okay, what we're going to do is instead of the ratio was like 20 to 1. Instead of the 21, we're going to change it to like 30 to 1. I think it was actually 33 point something. Um, But we actually took uh, the dollar off the gold standard in the 1970s. Okay. Um, at that point, the ratio was changed up to $44 an ounce, something like that. Um, and again, that was the issue, was that there's only so much gold, we can't produce this much money, so pff, let's just get rid of the whole thing. We can produce as much money as we want. Um, without liquidity, banks can't loan money. Without loan money, the country can't grow. Um, it's essentially a way to overstimulate the economy. It's like putting rocket fuel in a pinto. I don't really understand how they expected that to work, but of course I'm not an economist by any means. It just it seems like right now we have a lot of countries that are experiencing hyperinflation, and then they're stuck in those debt cycles. Like Greece has been in a debt cycle for, I think, seven years now, and it's, and it's all hyperinflation. Their government spent more than they could back up, so they produced too much currency. And gold is kind of a hedge against that. Uh, Yeah, exactly, because, uh, like I said, um, there are many different forms of money. You know, all all of the uh, world currencies, um, gold, Bitcoin, in history we've used obsidian, seashells. uh, Stones, giant stones. Raised stones. um, All of these things uh, are money, and they're they're all competing against each other. Mm Concept of tangible money is what we're getting at here. Like the idea that even I feel secure. I know I'm pretty invested in Ethereum right now, not Bitcoin, but um, I feel secure in knowing that I have money that exists outside of a bank, that exists in a different spectrum, that's just kind of a different breed because it makes you feel a little bit. If you look at your bank account and you say, this is all I own in the world, like if you're not diversifying or backing up that currency with a different kind of currency, then you're putting yourself at risk. Absolutely. I think, you know, people, uh, money managers always talk about diversification, but they never talk about diversifying outside of the U.S. dollar. Um, everything is denominated in, in U.S. dollars in your IRA and your 401k. Um, if you own gold, that is a hedge against all that uh, dollar-denominated uh, asset. Do you know people that have just kind of ridden waves out on gold? Because I know it fluctuates. I think the desire to sell when it drops is pretty strong. But, like, just they stick with it, and they've been rewarded. Well, I mean, there's two ways to really look at it. I mean, investing in gold, I actually think it's more of, like, a savings in gold. Um, You can use gold to, like, you know, to buy a lottery ticket. But, I mean, I, I think that 
people who do that are 100% disappointed. The price of gold doesn't, um, the, if the price of gold doubled right now, it would be at $2,400 an ounce, and, or $2,500 an ounce, and the world would be freaking out. Before we close on, I know I brought you on to talk about gold and kind of what you've observed from starting to invest in gold to now. Um, you know, it is a sector that's ruled by emotion. Um, and I think what's interesting right now is we're seeing digital currency and as the new gold, just as equally ruled by emotion. So I wanted to kind of get your takes on that moving forward. Is digital currency going to be as susceptible to emotion as gold? I think so, absolutely, because if we take a look at what happened back in November, um, in, in November, uh, the government of India demonetized uh, over 80% of their currency. And what this caused was a big uh, demand for Bitcoin and other digital currencies um, as a hedge. Um, and that, and that demand was largely because in places like India, they don't have uh, good computers to create the Bitcoin. So Bitcoin was and other digital currencies were seen as a um, were going to be premium products. Um, and that had everything to do with fear. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, Bitcoin is just as susceptible, susceptible to uh, fear as gold um, and other markets. I'd say, yeah, like gold, even more so than other markets particularly um, now that it's still new. Uh, yeah. Once it's established, people will get more used to the idea. But as far as I can tell, people don't know anything about Bitcoin. Or no. They don't know much. <laughs> they, know it's, they know it's expensive. I'm, I'm curious to see what Bitcoin does and also how the gold market parallels Bitcoin. I would be, be surprised if like, they seem to have been pretty close in value for a while. And this is the first time that Bitcoin has surged ahead. So I don't know what that will mean for gold if Bitcoin continues to surge ahead, or if you have investors that were originally only in gold putting their money in digital currency. I think that we're looking at a new product, uh, a new competitive product. Um, it will be interesting to watch how the dynamic between the two, but I would be cautious in coupling them. I just think gold is still more coupled to fiat currencies than it is to digital currencies. At this point, at least. Do you think there's investor overlap, though? Like, people that are hedging against disaster are probably now investing in both digital currency and gold. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, I am. I mean, you know, it's, yes, uh, I'd say 90% of the gold investors I know are interested in Bitcoin or own Bitcoin or Ethereum. Well, everyone, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. As always, feel free to send in any questions. And we'll have to have you back on the show because I'd love to talk more about, I think right now we're very early on the trend of digital currency because it just really began skyrocketing in 2016. So I'd love to hear your takes on it as it evolves. Great. I'd love to come back. Perfect. Thank you, everyone. Have a good night.